welcome to the monthly Skill Bites show, where we share information that is geared to helping you succeed in your business. This is Judy Weintraub, CEO of Skill Bites and host of this show. If you want to position yourself as an expert, one of the best ways to do that is to become a published author. Skill Bites author platform provides the easiest way to get a book written and published. Everybody, this is Judy Weintraub, president of Skillbytes. Thank you all for joining us today. I am thrilled to have with us one of our um, speakers who's going to talk about selling thousands of copies of your book. So this is definitely one you want to turn turn yourself um, free to listen to. The speaker is Al Febo, who is a former foster child turned best-selling author, globally published journalist speaker, producer, and child advocate. Her best-selling children's book, What Love Is, A to Z, has proven to be a tool for service, opening the door for thousands of dollars to be raised for various charities through massive global sales. Elle will be sharing her secrets to build the alliances you need to sell your book by the thousands in just one invoice. And she's also going to talk about one of the most important marketing tools that you'll need, which is a one-sheet. In fact, she's even made available her one sheet to anybody who is interested in seeing what one looks like. Uh, to give you a heads up, we have on August 20th, our August teleseminar, which will be uh, at 1 p.m. The speaker will be Annie Hart, who is an author, speaker, trainer, and breakthrough specialist. And she's going to talk about overcoming all the obstacles that you face in getting your book done. You know you want to write something, but you don't think you have the time, or you don't think your content will be captivating, or no one will want to read it, or somehow you don't have what it takes. But the truth is you do. So first you need to know how to overcome the real and the imagined. And that's what Annie's going to be talking about. So save the date, August 20th at 1 p.m. for our August teleseminar. Also want to remind people of our new service that we are just launching called Skillbytes Express, where we will help you put together an outline for your book, and we can even write it for you. So it makes it really easy and quick to get your next book out there. If you have any questions on that, please contact me. And without further ado, I would like to turn it over to Al. So welcome so much. I'm so glad to have you on this call, Elle. And uh, I know you've got a lot of interesting things to share with us today. Thanks for having me, Judy. This is fun. I do have a lot of interesting things to share today. I just wish we had longer than the time we have. There's just so much to talk about. But I'm excited yeah. about this call. Yeah. Excellent. Definitely. Excellent. So how do you go about even determining who to seek an alliance with or a collaborative business arrangement? That's a really that's a really good first question. Who do we play with? It's just like any time we play with with anybody, we're really looking for players that want to play the same game we're playing and have that same level of passion um, that we do, and who play the game the same way. Um, anytime we collaborate with someone who doesn't have that shared passion, uh, we end up feeling. And everybody's been in this situation. You end up feeling like you're carrying the load, right? And you're going, wait a second here. Um, and, and that's not ever the kind of um, relationship we want to get into. So we're looking for people who are just as passionate about it as we are and who are ready to play the game 
and uh, who are looking for ways to make a difference just like you are. You're looking for the like-minded and like-hearted, and then you're looking to build relationships with those people. So, for instance, I have a, um, a, a love for children. I have a passion for children. I love them very, very much. They are the reason I do what I do and my reason for my season. So, when What Love Is A to Z first launched, and when it was launching, I reached out to an organization called Reading is Fundamental of Southern California, and introduced myself and my upcoming book and sent them an advanced copy and said hello and then went and met with the director and established a relationship so I could see what she was about and how she ran this organization and where the dollars went. And if I were to step in and build some alliances here and, and go into the schools or help raise any money, how are those dollars being spent? I really wanted to get in there and find out if she was as passionate about the children as I was she was that kind of a director, uh, and how she played the game. So get out there and build the relationships and establish yourself and uh, get out from behind your computer screen and go to the events and introduce yourself and reach out with these one sheets like we're going to talk about and find your team players, find your ideal team players and start recruiting your team players and um, start building those relationships with those people. And what spirals out of there, what grows from just planting seeds with people who are Truly, in the like mind and like heart, and looking to do what you're what you're doing and embrace that um, that mission with you are going to just blossom and grow, and the introductions will come. And before you know it, you've got a network of the like minded and like hearted, and that's really where it starts: is establishing mm-hmm. your core your core team. Okay, great. Well, it, it sounds like it could take some time, but uh, it could be very valuable to do. Well, in anything that we're doing, we need to be establishing relationships. Business doesn't happen no matter what, if it's a book or fundraising or just doing collaborative business and joining in on joint venture opportunities or just selling our own product or service or or book. We have to build relationships. That's where it's at. That's just the way that it is. Social media is wonderful, and it helps open up the doors to build relationships, so it's really important in today's world. But Beyond that, it's really building and establishing those relationships, no matter what you're doing or what your plan is. So it always kind of leads to my next question: Is um, how do you develop those relationships? By showing up and and by by getting involved. So my next step with reading is fundamental. Once I establish that, yes, this executive director is doing things exactly the way I want to play the game, and I love what they're doing with the money, and I love that we can create win-win-win situations. Now, what I want to do is I want to show up. So I want to go to those fundraisers. I want to attend those events. I want to get involved. I want to offer my services. I want to be of service. I want to really immerse myself in the organization or in that relationship and start investing in that relationship. I don't just want to establish it and build a team. Now I want to strengthen that relationship. That's that's the next step. You just, you've, you've got to get out from, like I've already said, out from behind your um your computer and get out into the um, in with your people. You know, you've got to start establishing those relationships face to face and get yourself involved and immersed so that they know what you're about too. People want to know. All people want to know is who you are, but they're not really going to feel like they know who you are until they start playing with you. So get out there and play. You know, there's there's a whole world waiting, and there are event invites all over Facebook, and there's things going on, and there's uh, newsletters coming into our inbox with invitations. Those are meant for you. So step into them and see who's there. You know, that's 
important. Okay. Were there any um, mistakes that you made along the way that you might share with us so that we can try to avoid them? You know, I don't. I don't think anything is a mistake. I think it's just all perfect order, and I see my mistakes as huge learning opportunities. And without the contrast, you know, life is contrast. I think sometimes, sometimes some of the things that I need to watch personally are um, making sure that when I'm building collaborative relationships, that I'm really clear. Contracts took me a little while, really getting clear and just establishing the clarity in black and white, what everybody's really supposed to be doing here, what is your part of this, what is your, your the role that you're playing, what are we each expected to do when we come together in, in collaborative business or a collaborative opportunity. Uh, I think really establishing those guidelines is really important. And I, I always think, oh, she's great, she's nice, we're connected, so-and-so knows her or him. So let's, let's just try this out. Let's just see how it goes. And I'm sure that our phone conversations and the few emails we've had will establish the clarity we need. No, we really need to treat our business um, with the, the, the integrity and the, the, um, the, the honor that it was, and give it the respect that it deserves. So in that, in, the, in that space, I always say get clear. Get a small contract, even a short contract together, something small and simple that establishes the boundaries and the expectations of your relationship. I'd say maybe another mistake I've made, and and I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't call it a mistake because now I can tell you and everybody listening, is um, when I'm printing or when I have my relationships, it's really important to me that the people that I play with and the people that I, I invite onto my team or to utilizing my business in any way, shape, or form or that I step into anything with come either highly recommended by someone who is close to me, who has actually used their product or their service or what have you, or that, um, that they're at least um, within my same network. I usually start with kind of my own people who come highly recommended, and I don't recommend anyone. I'm, I'm, my Rolodex is free to anybody who wants to just go ahead this month, um, go to my website and, and opt in on my on my email list, and my Rolodex will come back to you. All of the people in my Rolodex are people who are tried and true. Um, I think that um, when we make when we when we make business, it's really important to respect that space, not only for ourselves but for the people that we're working with and moving forward with. So I'd say, really know the people that you're playing with. Oh, I'll say. <laughs> really, really watch what you're doing and who you're playing with. Look at references. Talk to people who have actually worked with these people before you bring anyone onto your team or you send your manuscript out to anyone to print or to handle for you. Um, know who, just really know that you're making the best decision all the time and trust your gut. If something doesn't feel right, go ahead and change your mind. You have every right to change your mind. Yeah. Now, um, if you can sort of narrow your focus, you're talking about um, collaborative relationships in general, but um, give us a little bit more information about the collaborative relationships that pertain to selling thousands of books. You know, it really starts with establishing the relationships with who you want to serve, because the whole basis of my business is collaborative business and service. So if my portion of my proceeds are going to be going to a charity, 
I'm going to be looking at who is also, who is behind that charity. So my next step with Reading is Fundamental was to go to that mixer or that gala or that fundraiser, because also I need to, I need to meet the people who are holding those people's doors open, right? So I, I've, got to, I've, not, I've got to get in there. So I want to find out who's keeping your lights on, who's keeping the doors open, who's writing the checks every month to keep this organization in forward motion. And um, so then you're connected with people like Southern California Edison, who support reading is fundamental to Southern California, and um, uh, all these other organizations that are keeping, you know, the, um, we've got the sports teams and everybody else, support, the Dodgers supporting reading is fundamental to Southern California. So now I know that if I want to, um, if I want to support these people and I want to try to support this organization, I know exactly where the dollars would be coming from and what this would look like. So um, does that answer your question? Well, does this um, answer your question from, at all? From a certain standpoint, I mean, if, if, um, if we're looking to sell thousands of books to raise money for a charity, what if we're looking to sell thousands of books so that we can sell thousands of books and get the income for ourselves. It's the same. Well, no matter what, if you're sharing it with, if you're sharing a portion of your proceeds to charity, that's what it's all about. And and you're always going to make sure that you're sharing a portion with yourself. You're not ever doing this to give all of your money away. And so I I think that sometimes people have a wow, you know, I don't know if I can afford to do this, or I really have a passion, but how will I, how will I support this passion and sell thousands of books and raise all this money for charity? How will I live? And it doesn't need to look like that. This doesn't mean leaving yourself out. So that's why we talk about win-win-win situations, so that the author or the producer is winning, and the charity is winning, and your company is winning. Your, your third-party organization, whoever that is, a corporation, a faith-based community, they're writing it off. They're putting, they're stamping their, their name and their seal of approval right on your cover in that special print. They're raising dollars for the organization, which everybody wins. So you're not creating a win situation or a win-win for them. You're creating a win-win-win situation and including yourself. So your cost for your business, um, let me give you an example. So if I order 10,000 copies of what love is A to Z and I need them all to cost a dollar a piece, so I'm going to cut them in half, let's say, and they're not going to be uh, 8 by 11. They're going to be um, they'll be five by nine, so then I can cut my cost that way. I'm going to take my drop my paper weight from a hundred pound cover to an eighty pound cover, and maybe add a UV coating to thicken up my cover and make it a sturdy book. Drop my inside paper weight from eighty pounds to sixty pounds, and cut all my costs and do what I need to do to get my costs so that they're a dollar a book. Now I need a, a dollar for a dollar a book. I need ten thousand dollars, but beyond that, I also need to pay myself and my staff. To support my mission and my work and my and what I do here and help me to have a life and create a business, I have to pay everybody. So um, just for getting the everything uh, you know realigned and and redone and shopping out the printers because we're looking out and we're sending out everything out to at least 30 printers every time we're about to do a run. We want we want the very best product for our budget. So now we know we need ten thousand dollars for a minimum for for the books. So our invoice isn't going to be for ten thousand dollars to the corporation, the invoice is going to be, that's just for printing. Otherwise, I would just say, pay the printer. But there's also an author. There are royalties. There are people to pay. There's a business there's a business behind this that runs that. So you'll always want to add a portion, even if it's pennies to a book, 
for yourself. And that's, that looks like whatever you want your contract to look like. If you want to add a dollar to every book for yourself or your company and give $3 of every book to the charity, which is what a lot of people do, it's, it's, it's just the way that the numbers roll and it looks comfortable. People take 20% for themselves. Um, and then let's say you've paid your printer his 10 and you've got to pay yourself 10. So really your invoice is going to look like a $20,000 invoice, but your charity is going to make $3 on every book. So they're going to be bringing $60,000 in for themselves. Does this make sense? I think so. Um, if we could just go over that one more time. If we have a book that, let's say, we were to sell for $5 and it mm -hmm. costs us $1, then we have $1 of cost plus maybe $1 to us yep. and then whatever else we get from selling the book we give to the charity. Is that right? Well, sort of. You're going to have costs in your contract. You're going to have shipping costs. You're going to have, you know, there's going to be other costs. So you just need to, I'm just doing this for round figures purposes to show you kind of what this looks like. It's a little more in depth than this because there are other costs involved, shipping and so on, taxes and so on, depending on who's paying, you know, who's, who's doing what and what this looks like. If there's a launch party, are they paying for a launch party? Everything kind of looks a little bit different. But yeah, that's basically the gist of it. If you, you've got to get your printer paid. So when we're talking about giving everything on top of the cost of the book away, that's not what it looks like. It's it's 100% of your proceeds. You have to pay out your costs, and the only cost you have is not your printer. Right. There are more costs involved. Yeah, and you've got to be able to, to protect that. If you don't protect that, those assets, this is going to cost you thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So you may as well just write a check to charity and move out of your house and you know turn in your car because it's going to cost you a fortune. If you're only invoicing for your printer, that's not the point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess I was I was simplifying it and probably oversimplified it too much. Good. Well, anything else that uh, you want to share with us on the idea of selling thousands of books? No, I think just number one, establish those relationships. Number two. You know, number one, establish those relationships. Get to know who you're dealing with and who your potential players are and let them know who you are and what you're about and what you're there to do. Don't hide what you're there to do. I'm an author. I wrote this book and I felt a call in my heart to come and get involved and figure out a way to help you raise the money you need. I know that there's work to be done. You know, you, you get yourself in there and you let them know what your what your agenda is, how you're there to serve. You're there to use your book, your, your time, your tools, your talent, your resources, your services as a tool for um, for tithing, for giving. So let them know. You know, establish that right up front. Um, and then, and then you've got to have a one sheet because then at that point people are going to say, "Tell me more." And that's what happens every time. Tell me more. How do we do it? What does this look like? And then people just want to know again who you are and what you're about. Only this time you're going to tell them who you are, what you're about, and all about your book and your business and how to how to learn more or how to get involved. And that's where the one sheet comes in. Well, that, that's a perfect segue because I wanted to ask you more about what is a one sheet and, and when do you use it? The one sheet is probably your single most valuable marketing tool and you create it yourself. It's, and I'm surprised by how many authors either A, don't have a one sheet, which just frustrates me, it just frustrates me, or have a one sheet that does them no service, which is almost more frustrating because now I know that they've taken the time or 
spend the resources to create something that's truly ineffective. So I'm. Do you mind if I go through the, the just the steps of building one so that everybody has a no? I appreciate it. Okay. So the one sheet is basically um, one sheet. So when it says one sheet, it's, you shouldn't be turning over two pages of, of content ever. It should sit on one sheet. Can't tell you how many one sheets I've seen that have been three sheets. It's ridiculous. It's called a one sheet. Let's make it one sheet. And really, the reason we want to do that is because we don't want to throw up information all over someone when really they just said, "Tell me more." We don't want to go. Okay, well, here's a whole marketing package in my media kit and this five-page one sheet. It's that's not how we want to do it. We just want to give them a a brief synopsis of who we are and what our book or product or service is about. So when you're um, Everyone should either have my one sheet or you'll be getting my one sheet. So let, let me just show you what it looks like. It's, a, it's an outline, okay? So in your par- at the very top of your page, you'll have your book title in bold and your, and your byline, which is obviously your byline, your name. And right under that, um, you can, if you want to, have a picture of your book. Um, and not, not real big, just a very small um, like a school, you know, wallet size, maybe even half of that picture of your book. Um, because these one sheets go out digitally so often, um, it's pretty, it's, it's pleasing to the eye to see the, co- the cover of the book. It makes it real. It's not just a page of content. And when you print them, it's, um, if you print them, you send them out or you print them for packages that you have to send in the mail, go ahead and print them in color. If you're going to add your book title, you don't want a black and white blob on your um on your one sheet. I can't tell you how often I see that too. I can't see your face. I can't see your book. It's, it, it looks like a mess. So print these in black and in a color if you're going to print them. Right under that, you're going to have um, a really quick intro. So my one sheet just says, the best-selling children's book, What Love Is A to Z by El Sebo, is a colorful and inspiring 27-page journey through the ABCs of love. That's it. It's that simple. It's really the elevator speech we've got from floor 1 to floor 20, and you say, hi, what's your name? What do you do? I'm the author of, a, of the book, What Love Is A to Z, the coloring, a colorful and inspiring 27-page journey through the ABCs of love. And I use my book to, be a, uh, to raise funds for charities. What do you do? Really, you think about your one-liner or your elevator speech and kind of condense that. That's really what you're opening with paragraph, and I call it paragraph one, but it's not a paragraph at all. It's just, it's just, uh, um, a, just, it's just your intro. Paragraph two is where you're going to share more about your book. So what is the synopsis of your book? Who contributed to the book, if anyone contributed to your book? Um, what's your target? Who is your target market? Who are they? Where are they? Why did you write the book? People want to know those things. So in paragraph two for what love is A to Z, it says, what love is A to Z is both inspirational and thought-provoking, with page after page of simple yet powerful affirmations to serve as a reminder that love is the answer and that the language of love is universal. What love is A to Z was produced to serve as a tool for creating lasting positive change for our children and as a resource to support and strengthen nonprofit organizations as they serve and support our youth. Right there in paragraph number two, I'm still telling you right up front what I'm about and what I'm here to do. There's no secrets about what I'm here to do. 
So, I, and I'm excited about it, right? You can hear it. It's very clear. I'm also not going to repeat myself. Your one sheet shouldn't repeat any information. Everything you say only needs to be said one time. Um, so if I'm going to say that I that I want to, you know, um, that it's, I don't want to say again that it's to support or strengthen nonprofit organizations, or I don't want to say again that um, the language of love is universal. I don't want to I don't want to repeat any of that. Everything is new. Paragraph three, you'll write a brief list of features and benefits of your book. Get descriptive now. So um, really address your target market here with exact examples. So for instance, what love is a disease. Third paragraph says, addressing topics such as self-esteem, children with disabilities, service, self-acceptance, and creative expression. What Love is A to Z has been created specifically to embrace the child reader with compassion and acceptance while teaching viable tools that will ignite social responsibility, authentic expression, a sense of personal power, and a healthy self-concept. So I've really gotten deeper. Now, I'm not only telling you that I want to make a lasting positive change for our children. I'm telling you exactly how I want to do it and what this is about and who this is for. I'm really speaking now to my target market. So reading is fundamental might see this and go, ah, I see, I see. So now paragraph four is where you're going to talk about what the book will be used for or what the intention of the author is or how the book can be used, sold or distributed, um, and what programs and professional does this book serve? You know, maybe it's not children, maybe it's uh, parents with preemies or whatever your, your, your book or product is about. And include your testimonials here. So my paragraph four says, parents, educators, and care providers everywhere have endorsed this project and reviews are rating. Quote, I cannot begin to describe how phenomenal this book is. It embodies everything I want to teach my son about humanity, love, and life by Karen Wilson, a mother and teacher in Lafayette, Louisiana, and, quote, this is magnificent, a must-read for every child, including the child within us all, by Dr. Reverend Sharon Stroud, Institute for Successful Living, Palm Springs. So I included those particular um, um, testimonials because they really sum up my target market and speak to my target market. And my second testimonial opens me up beyond the target market because she says, including the child within us all. Or it could say, including anyone who's ever been interested in the subject of, you're really opening up your target market for anyone else to step right in. Just being creative with your message and your words and really getting uh, present to what you're saying and hearing what you're writing and what your message is from the perspective of the listener, reader, or viewer. Paragraph five is where you're going to list some, some of the features that this book has that are fresh and on target. So list five unique benefits of your list of features. So in your own words, describe why this book is a must-read. They're saying it's a must-read. Why is this must a must-read? Why, why read this book by this person? What's, why? Well, here's paragraph five of what love is A to Z. As a child, the author was abused, neglected, and ultimately abandoned by her mother to be raised in foster care until being chosen through adoption and shown what love is. As an adult, she felt compelled to give back and created what love is A to Z as a catalyst to do just that. Already, what love is A to Z has supported Orangewood Children's Home, 
including the fundamental of Southern California through the Children's Tsunami Relief Fund and the list goes on. What Love is KDD was written and printed for the sole purpose of creating lasting positive change for children everywhere. I do use lasting positive change twice in my um, in my in my um, in your one sheet. In my one sheet, however, it's the wording has changed a little bit, but that's the tagline. So that's also my mission statement and my tagline. So I'm not just repeating information in my one sheet. I'm just integrating a portion of my tagline. So this, because those three words are pretty important in my tagline. So your final paragraph, well, my final paragraph ends with paragraph number six. And this is where it's a little different for everyone. I'm really in a, um, a place here with a children's book where I'm doing something and I'm really wanting to end on a heart-centered note. So my final paragraph ends on paragraph six, which is to write a two-sentence closing summary of your book and maybe two more sentences uh, reinforcing, reinforcing the importance and value behind your title. So my final paragraph, paragraph six, says, to plant the seed of love in the hearts of our children, to love and be loved, to create kind environments and empower our youth. This will change the world as we know it today and set a brighter future for all of our tomorrows. So I'm really ending on a heart-centered note. I'm really ending with that heart-to-heart. This is, this is, you know, you and me. I know you're listening to me. I'm really speaking to the reader there. Um, in a, a one sheet that's maybe, now if I were a real estate agent, say, and I wanted to write a, a book about flipping houses, and my book is all about flipping houses and, and making this market matter for you, and we're going to be raising money for um, single moms to get real estate licenses and get their businesses built. Okay, so maybe that's my point. I would talk about all of that, and I would talk about my passion for single parents and using my business to support them, but I would also want to end my paragraph seven with my company bio, my author bio, and my ISBN number. I mean, optional, but the ISBN number. You really want to end on a professional note instead of this heart-centered note when you're coming from a professional place or your content is for professionals. And it's with your professional one sheet or, or with either one, you can always include your footer with your contact and web information. Um, I have sent the one that does not have the footer because this is for, um, this is specifically for including the inclusion of, in a full package, in a 15-point presentation package. So the particular one sheet that you're probably looking at now doesn't have it, but you're not going to necessarily want to have that when it's grouped with a 15-point presentation package. So that's what you're looking at. And that's what a, a one sheet looks like, and, and that's how to make it powerful. It's really that simple. And if you start getting too many text boxes and pictures and a picture of the author down in this five by seven beautiful picture of your face down in the lower right-hand corner and all kinds of things, it really gets convoluted. You're just really simply introducing yourself, your business, and your title. Okay. So when do you use it? You use it when you want to reach out to someone and let them know what you do. So if I were to reach out to you, said reading is fundamental, and I said, um, I have this title coming out. I included a copy of a, 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 a digital copy for you, and I've also included the one sheet for your review. I would include that one sheet in their review. They can see the book, and then they can look at the one sheet and go, oh, wow, and this is the book she's using to do this. It's congruent. 
it completes a, a full picture without giving someone too much information and, and bombarding them with information. You'll also want to include it in a 15-point presentation package. It's kind of sheet number one, the piece on the top that kind of outlines and, and, and um, sums up what this is all about in the first place. So when you're submitting campaign options and um, printing records and all of that good stuff, this is really sheet number one to see what this is all about in the first place. You can also use it to plant seeds with organizations when you have a contact name or you have a, um, a say, a, you have the information to reach out to Gloria Smith at Children's Hospital, but you don't know Gloria Smith and you, you haven't been able to make any connections anywhere, but you know you really want to work with this Children's Hospital, you can go ahead and email her and tell her, you know, in a very brief email. And this is where you can keep your emails really short and really personal and not write this big old long email so if someone says, ah, it's from a stranger and it's long and I don't know why she thinks I, you know, and why do you deserve their, you know, 10, 15 minutes of their time while you explain yourself and you talk about your passion. That's really not what that's about. This email is really a place to say, hey, Gloria, I've been trying to reach out to you. My name is Elle Febo and I wrote this book and I have a strong passion for children and this is what I've been doing and I would love nothing more than to talk with you about how I can be of service to you and the children at your hospital. So I've included my one sheet for your review and I'll follow up. I really look forward to hearing from you. It's really, really simple. And then you include the one sheet, which isn't a big throw-up session. It's really just um, a really upfront way to express who you are, what your mission is, what you're about and how you, how you want to play the game and why you're why you're there. Okay. Now, you mentioned the 15-point presentation package. Yeah. Could you um, talk to us a little bit about what goes into that and when do you use that? You use that when someone says, okay, now we've given them a one sheet and they say, this is pretty awesome. I really like what you're doing here and I think we could probably find a way to integrate a campaign or raise some money or do some work together. So now... Um, once, once the ball starts rolling and sponsors are involved in supporting the project and they've reached out or you've reached out and that's been set up, that's a whole other conversation, we're going to want to submit a package to them that shows them what this looks like or what this could potentially look like and you want to give them options. So perhaps I, now that we're playing with, we've been using reading as fundamental as an example this entire time. So now, let's say I've been going to the galas and I've I'm immersed, and they're ready to play. They say, you know what? You're great. We love the book. What's the next step? I'm going to say, you know what? Let me get something together for you and get it to you and show you what this could look like. So usually that package is pretty much built. My package, um, what goes into it, all kinds of things. It's just, and, it, and some of it is specific to wanting to sell books to raise funds, not just to sell bunches of books. Um, but it's your... Your one sheet and campaign options and um, your press releases and, a pot and your potential press release so that if you went through with this campaign, what would that press release look like? What would we be focusing on? What would be the, the benefit and, um, and features there? It would be your, um, a copy of your book digitally and, and a solid print copy of your book. It, it's a whole list of things that once they say, what does this look like, you give them all of what this looks like. And along with campaign options. So let's say we're not going to, let's say we have our $10,000 budget. And then we say, well, for 10,000 books at a dollar a piece, it's going to be a $20,000 invoice. 
And they say, oh, well, we only have a $10,000 budget. So we might want to say, well, we can cut the book order in half. We could do that. But um, we could take the $10,000 and invest it a little differently and, and do a digital campaign. So maybe people are making a donation online and receiving a, a digital version of the book. So that's going to cost you a whole lot less. And with a smaller budget, you have a little more, more playing room. So you might want to propose that in a campaign option as campaign option number one, to, as opposed to cutting your book order in half, or as opposed to cutting a third-party distributor to host your book point of sale. You know, there's, there's all kinds of ways you can... There are uh, more ways than I could talk about in five days to, to put together a contract, because everybody's so different. What they're looking for is different. How much money they're trying to raise is different. What their staff capacity is... is uh, Everything is just so different, what the skill sets are amongst the people who are playing. Do we need to hire someone or outsource anything? There are costs involved, but you're invoicing, you're invoicing your third party for all of those costs. That's why it's just not as simple as $10,000 for 10,000 bucks, you know? Okay, but if you give them options, aren't you concerned that they might go with a, a, a lower option? A, a lower option. Well, you say, um, well, for ten thousand dollars, you would get this. And well, you have to work with their with their budget, and you have to present options that that work for everyone. So you're not going to give them an option that 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 is lower or less less effective. But you're going to work with the budget that you have. So that's why I'm saying, if you have a smaller budget and it looks small on paper. Okay, we've got a, we've only got a ten thousand dollar budget instead of a twenty thousand dollar budget, but we could apply that to online digital sales. We're talking about a potential um, return of a whole lot more money than if we um, potentially, and I say that because there's so many variables, but we're potentially looking at a whole lot more money back if we can wait on the royalties from those sales to. Um, as opposed to just printing them and having that be that. So there's actually a lot more value sometimes. It's just in how you look at the numbers and how you structure how you structure your campaign and, and how you're moving your campaign. There's a lot to it. This is why it's a 12-week course. You know, I teach the Make It Matter um, for authors, and it's a 12-week course. It's three months, uh, 12 weeks, and it's a lot of information. But at the end of it, you get it. And at the end of it, you have a completed beautiful 15-point presentation package ready to be gifted and turned over to, the, to anyone who's willing to purchase your book in bulk um, and make it matter for a charity close to your heart. But it's worth okay. you know, How can people just, find out more about your course? It's on my website. You can go to elfebo.com, E-L-L-E-F-E-B-B-O.com, and there's um, you'll see books and services. You can scroll down and you'll see the information on the Make It Matter program. And I have a workshop coming up uh, October 18th and 19th in Los Angeles. It's being co-led with Tony Leidig um, and Eric Bowman, the creator of Authar.com. So we're having that in October. And that's two days of intensive, intensive, intensive work. But when you leave, you have all this information. You can go home and complete the 15-point presentation package and really understand the marketing model that will take you from where do I start to, wow, how can I keep up with refilling orders and things like that. Wow. So the, you can do it in, in two intensive days or you can do it over a 12-week period. Yep. Yeah. 
and it's fun. You know, there's so much to it, but some of it people have. You know, some people have a, a strong um, one sheet, but perhaps they need the marketing support. You know, and that's that's why we bring in Tony, and that's why we bring in Eric, because um, you'll have the opportunity to go and learn from the people that you need to and focus on the strengths and and and, um, and weaknesses that you need to focus on. So if you're strong in some areas and you've got something, you can you can focus on other things. But at the end of the weekend, you get it. You, you just get it. You understand exactly where to go, how to plug in, and how to put this together, when to, when to, when to present it, and how to present it. And you almost always, if you, can, if you can do it, get in front of them. This is when you have your 15-point submission package, you don't really want to just email it to anybody or... Um, or just drop it in the mail. You really want to present it. So we talk about that too, and how to present it when you're presenting to a panel or um, to a group who is a, a group of possible investors. So it's it's a, it's interesting. It's fun. It's it's intense. Sixteen straight hours of learning and connecting and playing with it, but it's it's powerful stuff. And when you're finished, um, you understand a little bit about how to. Make these contracts work for everybody, and and um, you can see how we're not just slaving away to write books and sell books and plant all these seeds so we can give all of our money away. We're really creating opportunities so that we can keep going and investing in our business and our mission, and charities can keep their doors open and keep doing the work that they need to do, and the companies can continue to gift to charities because if it weren't for you know corporations and the faith-based community right now. A lot of our doors would be closing with our nonprofit organizations. We desperately need the support now more than ever. So um, it's it's critical and it's critically important that we all come together and look at how we can make our books, our businesses, our product services, how we can make what we do matter even just a little bit. Because if everybody did a little bit, just little, if, even if you did one of these bulk orders a year just to raise some dollars for a charity. It's um, it all makes a big difference, and if we all did a little more, I think I think we could make a huge, huge, lasting impact on the world. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a very interesting concept, and I'm sure it's one that um, a lot of authors have never even thought about, and yet it gets their book out to more people. Mm-hmm. It allow, allows them to say that they've sold thousands of copies, which is a great mm-hmm. credential, and it does good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels good. You don't feel like you're working each day, and you're playing with the like-minded and like-hearted. The people I work with and play with and build these these campaigns with, they're amazing people. They're people who care just as much as I do. It makes my work not feel like work, and it just feels like playing and coming together. The kids coming together when they build Legos, it's fun. Yeah, it's work. They're sitting there. They're trying to figure it out. They're working together. They're looking for pieces, but they're having so much fun. And that's what it feels like. And the child in me is, I don't know, I think I, the children's book author, I think, any i think any children's book author has a little kid in them that just never grew up. And for me, that that's the truth. And this feels like playing and being with the people I love and just it feels like going to school and socializing all day, you know. But I'm making money and I'm feeling good about the money I'm, I'm making because it comes from good things. I just, it, it's fun. And Beyond that, I get the opportunities because I work with kids and I raise the dollars for kids. I get the opportunity to go in and be with children all the time, which just just keeps me going. Whenever this gets hard and whenever there are challenging days and some people who are challenging, and that's just part of life, 
I'll go into a school or into a group home or wherever I go, and I'm reminded of of why I'm doing it in the first place. They just keep me going. So and tap you think into. That we can take what you're doing and and do it with business books. Yeah, like I was saying. So I used the the example of a real estate book, and um, and maybe you have everyone has a passion, you know, whether it's raising money for cancer. We've all been affected by cancer. Everybody I know has either known someone or loved someone or lost someone. So where do you come from? What are your life experiences? What what moves you? What touches your heart center? And how can you integrate what you do with, with giving back in some capacity? Everybody wants to give to some. Everyone would love to write a check to some charity. Maybe it's animals. Maybe it's, you know, a real estate agent who loves animals could donate a portion of proceeds to animals who are left behind in foreclosure situations or, or animal rescue to re- rescue those types of animals who are left behind in foreclosure. There are so, it just connects the dots. You just have to get out of the box. Get out of the box. Just because you're a real estate agent doesn't mean you only run with real estate agents and, and it doesn't mean that you don't have passions outside of real estate. There are dots to be connected. So step back a little bit and really get present with your life and where you've been and what your experiences are and um, see how you can connect the dots because there's always a way. There's a way, for, a reason for everything. And everywhere you've been is perfectly and divinely prepared you for the next step. And now here you are. So ask yourself, what, what now? Take a minute to breathe all that in. Certainly gives you things to think about. We have so much power. You know, we we forget. We think. I remember I went to recently. This was recently. I went to a royal family kids event, and I came back and I said to my my accountant, "They're just they're just amazing. They're just amazing kids. I'm just so so overwhelmed by this. You've got to come with me sometime. You've got to come. You've got to come." And she said, no, no, I don't, you know, I don't think so. I don't, I don't do what you do. I'm, I'm an accountant. I said, no, no, but you can come, come with me. This is great. This is, this is so fun. You'll see why we're doing this and why we're counting the dollars and all these things. She said, you know, I just, I just don't know if I can do it. I don't want to stand on stages and talk about my dad's alcoholism. And I don't, I don't know that I really have anything to say. I don't know what it would make me worthy of being there. I just, you know, I just, I don't know how I would fit in. So you just gotta step into it, you know. Even even the accountant. So now she's helping with accounting with a different firm. So she's helping. Um, she volunteered ten hours of accounting services a month to an organization here in Southern California, which I thought was cool because she didn't want to step in with into the mix. But even something like that, where you think you don't have something to give, but you really probably do. Even if it's time, even if it's just talent, even if it's uh, going to camp in summer with foster children and spending three days at camp. I mean, there's always something you could do and take your business, your time, you know, your time, your tools, your talents, and what you're doing in the world with you. And there's there's um, a never-ending need for your service and your attention. So someone somewhere is waiting for you. That's the truth. Someone somewhere is waiting for you. Well, Al, thank work you to be so done. much. Yeah. There, you're uh, welcome. Anything else that you want to um, advise our um, our authors on 
how to sell thousands or what they need to include in their marketing materials, anything to sum it up. Be sure that your one sheet is strong. If I can support anyone with a one sheet, just reach out to me if you want to, you know, write up a draft and you want to send it to me. You can send it to me at say hi to l at yahoo.com. Say hi to l at yahoo.com. I'm happy to review it for you and give you some tips or some feedback. The one sheet's really important. But before you even can submit a one sheet, you have to have those relationships. So I can't stress enough how important it is. And, and a lot of authors, we're kind of introverts. You know, we like to be behind the computer, and we're writers, and we're connectors, and we kind of feel safe back there. But we've got to step out of our discomfort zone so that we can do the work we came to do. We get to do this life one time. And as authors, we're messengers. We don't write books just to say that we're authors or writers or that we grew up and, and we're living a dream. We write books just to share a message and reach the masses. So ask yourself, what do I really need to do to step in? to the role of messenger, because that's who you are. Okay, well, thank you so much. And let me just um, repeat your your offers. Um, you had mentioned that um, we could get a copy of your Make It Matter Rolodex. Yep. Um, and people can either email me, and I will... Um, provide their information to you, or they can email you directly at say hi to L, S A Y H I T O E L L E, at yahoo.com, or they can opt into your website, which is lfebo, E L L E F E B B O.com. Is that correct? Yep. Also, um, you offered to review anybody's one sheet and give them some feedback, which is very valuable. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, to do that, um, just send your one sheet again to Elle's email, say hi to Elle at yahoo.com. Yes. Yes. And thanks, everybody, for just, just for listening in and having the interest to make your work and your book matter. If there were more of us, the world would not be in the situation it's in. So when you hear things like this or if you think, that sounds like fun, share the idea with people. Even if they're not writers or authors, share the idea and the possibility of what can be done when we share our time, tools, or talents and use our business to support charities and invite people to think about it. All right. Well, what's really cool is you sell thousands of your books, you make money, not all going to the charity, but some of it is, so you're also doing good stuff. So yeah, exactly. It's kind of a win-win-win. Yes, win-win-win, exactly. Never leave yourself out. Great. Well, thank you so much for this information, and um, I hope everybody has a good rest of the day, and get in touch with Elle or me if you want to have Elle review your one sheet, or have access to her Make It Matter Rolodex. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.